You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Hi, I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to this episode of Cindy Stewart Live. I love doing this with you, doing life with you, and I so appreciate you taking your time and investing this 30 minutes in hearing what God is saying. And you know, the one thing that we've just been focused on over the last few episodes is there's a new move of God. And this new move of God is opening up so many opportunities for his body, for you. And we are seeing people get promoted in their jobs where there shouldn't even be a promotion. We're seeing people get in houses that shouldn't even have houses, but God is moving on behalf of his people so that we're positioned in the right place in this right season in order to be activated in what he has planned for the kingdom. So it's an exciting time. And today I have a super awesome anointed special guest with me, Robert Hodgkins. And he, I've known him for a few years. He's part of uh, Patricia King's ministry. He has his own ministry, Men on the Frontline, as well as all the other things he does. But today we're going to talk about this incredible book he just wrote. It, whoops, dropped all my stuff. Um, it's called Realms of Power. And I just want to show it to you. I want to invite you to go on Amazon right now and order it because God is releasing revelation in this season, and I want to make sure you get the fullness of revelation that's going to come out of this book. So welcome, Robert. I'm so glad you're here. I'm thrilled to be here, Dr. Cindy. Thank you. Oh, I can't wait. You know, the one thing that really captured my attention, I read through your book and I have tons of notes, which we, I don't know that we'll get to all of them, but I love to read. So, uh, and, but the one thing that captured me is when you sent me a note and told mm. me how the book came to you. Yes. So why don't you share that with our audience? Cause for me, that is such an encouragement of possibility for them. Absolutely. I mean, the book came out of a visitation, but the best wow. part of the visitation for me was I wasn't in my Bible time. I wasn't in my prayer time. I wasn't in a devotional time. I wasn't even focused on God. I was actually out at the shops running errands. Mm. And I had just finished an errand and got back into my Jeep and the presence of God filled my wow. Jeep. And as I, at first I just was like, whoa, cause that doesn't happen to me all the time. And it was such a rich atmosphere of his presence. And all of a sudden he started to outline 
these different realms of power wow. that he wanted to highlight. And he went scripture by scripture, revelation by revelation of different realms of power that he wants his people moving in right now. And that's where the book came from. And what's really interesting to me, Cindy, is when we look around right now, you can sense that the enemy is working overtime to discourage and mm -hmm. dissuade believers, to frustrate believers. You know, the news, our news apps, our social media is screaming at us yes. all the time about the wickedness, the darkness, all of that increasing, increasing, increasing. There's a fear message to it, but the father of lies is using it to lie to the people of God and frustrate them that look at what's going on. My darkness is increasing and there's nothing you can do about it. And God's antidote to that is to highlight the realms of power that are available to us, but also show us genuinely how simple it is to step out into these realms yes. and really be difference makers and solution bringers, because that's been his plan since day six. Since day six, the plan has been God wanted to have a people in the earth willing to be in relationship yes. with him. And then from that relationship, walking with him, talking with him, learning from him, being provided and protected by him, but also then we would be his dominion stewards. That's what verses 25 and 26 of Genesis yeah. 1 is all about. And he has empowered us through these realms of power to do exactly that. It's not that God's not sovereign and is saying, help, I'm not sovereign anymore. No, <laughs> it's that his sovereign plan yeah. since day six is I'm going to empower my people. And Jesus said the same thing to the disciples and in the word to us. So these are 12 different realms of power. The Lord highlighted, and it's very interesting to me that several of them are realms we think of as power, like yeah. the power to work miracles, the power of favor, the power to create, the power to shift atmospheres. But many of them were things I knew we'd been given in Christ, but I'd never seen how powerful they are, how much impact they have, how they shift things in our lives and work to shift things in the earth. So I got super excited to write the book. And then here we are a year later after everything goes through editing and publishing and all that. And I'm realizing almost every day something shouts at me through the news that the enemy wants to say, see, and I can say, no, see God. Yes. And now I'm going to move in this realm. This is how you do it. So that's what the book's all about. It's different realms and not only the scriptural basis to show everybody what they have, but really, I think the most important part is he gave very simple steps to activate and be moving in these realms. And that's so important now because sometimes we can receive teaching, but we walk away going, that was so good, but I don't actually know what to do next. Right, right. It was a great word. I know there's something to it, but I don't know how to apply it to my life. I don't know how to integrate it. I don't even know what the first step is. And I, I think that's key as I was reading your book that it has an activation that goes with it. Follow this step, this step, this step. And I always tell people, it's that one small step that yes. you take every day that builds the momentum for the greater arena God has for you. That's it. One small step at a time. So one of the things I want to ask you, I know you talked about the ones that we think are normally power, yeah, yeah. but let's talk about some of the ones that people wouldn't even think of in this realm. So what's your favorite one in, in the book? Or do you have a favorite? I love them all, to be honest, yeah. because they're all gifts from Jesus. They're all ways to put Jesus on display. They all evangelize and they all work. Yeah. But to your point of one of the ones that I find 
the most powerful that we don't think of as a power, we tend to think of as a duty or responsibility, is what he showed me about the power of righteousness. Mm. Because we think of righteousness as, you know, there's even, there's even people that think walking in righteousness is legalistic or religious. It's not. No. It's, it's putting on the re- reality of who Jesus is and what he's rebirthed us into, the imputed righteousness of Christ. But for me, it was not only, okay, I'm being a good Christian when I walk in righteousness, but it's that revelation out of, uh, uh, in Romans, where it clearly says that because the first son, Adam, chose to disobey, wow. unrighteousness entered the earth. So we realize, wow, when I choose to not walk in righteousness, it doesn't just affect me, it affects all of creation. Right. So that's kind of a heavy. That's, that's like, a big whoa. responsibility. It's not just maybe a weight of sin on my life. I'm actually releasing darkness and sin out into the atmosphere. But the really good news is then it says, but because the second son, Christ Jesus, this is Romans 5, 17, 15 through 19, because the second son, Christ Jesus, chose to obey, righteousness was made available to all. So it doesn't say because Adam sinned, he was made unrighteous. He He was. But it enters creation. But it also says when Jesus chose to obey, to walk in the character and nature of his father, he was here to put on display, that it doesn't say he was made righteous. He already was. It says it went out to be made available to all. So when we realize, when we choose to walk in heroic holiness, radical righteousness, but joy and peace and love, we're actually releasing that out into the atmosphere. So when I choose patience instead of um, impatience, mercy instead of cruelty, (laughs) kindness instead of reacting from my flesh, it's not just me being a good Christian. It's actually me shifting things in all creation. I've actually seen this work. My favorite example is from when I used to do lots and lots of ministry in Thailand. And multiple times a year, I'd take teams from all over the world and teach them how to do miracle evangelism in Pattaya which was an international destination for sex tourism. And we'd go into the brothels, we'd go into the bars, we'd go out to the the beach prostitutes, and we'd minister to them. But I didn't realize, God actually had to show this to me, that one of the reasons we saw so much happen was because of the power of righteousness. And the simple example is our team would come into the bar, and all the bar girls would come to me because I fit the profile. I was a North American male in the second half of life, like all the other sex tourists. And they'd come up to me and not directly, but overtly offer themselves to me. And I'd say, well, that's not what I'm here for. And they they looked at me like the needle you could see skip off the record. They're like, well, everybody's here for that. What do you mean you're not here for that? And I'd say, I'm here because my God loves you so much. He brought me all the way from Arizona to tell you about him. Wow. And I'd get to tell them about them, and our teams would tell them about them, and then we'd pray for them, and miracles would happen, and we'd have revival break out in brothels. What opened the door for that? Looking and sounding and being different. That's what righteousness is. It's walking, looking and sounding and being, putting on display our God in whose image we're made, according to Genesis 1. And when we do, people take note of it, but it shifts atmospheres. Why should these young women trust me? Why should they open their hearts to our ministry and to the ministry of Jesus Christ through us? Many of them had never even heard of Jesus Christ. So it was complete. I tell you, it's the power of righteousness. It shifted the atmosphere. It made a place for Jesus to be expressed in personality and in power. 
And every single one of the realms works like that. And again, it's so easy to walk in it once you see it and see these steps. And you know what's interesting as you're talking about this ministry that you did there, you didn't go in. So many times we go in for the results, not necessarily for the right, people. Right. And and they know that it is result driven, not person driven. Right. And when they see the difference of that there is compassion and there's love and there really is care for their situation, it, it almost baffles their mind because they haven't received that. Right. I mean, they're in a situation where it's result driven. And then all of a sudden it's love driven. Right. It's honor driven. Right. It's not judgment. I'm not right. judging you because this is what you're doing. I'm offering you hope and a future. Part of the power of righteousness is not being results driven. Yeah. One of the things the it's Lord so showed me <laughs> was we do the right thing not to get the right result, right. but to honor and to release the righteous one who is within us. Because I'll tell you, there are times you choose the path of righteousness, the power of righteousness, and the person doesn't respond how you hope. The situation doesn't yeah. seem to immediately change, but I am telling you, it gets Romans 5, 15 through 19 proves it. Something gets released out into the spirit, out over creation. Something begins to shift and change, and you will see a shift and change as you continue to walk in the power of righteousness. Most of my life, I was not, I did not get along very well with my father. There's mm -hmm. many things that the power of forgiveness was yeah. involved, but, but also choosing to walk consistently in the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ initially confused and angered my father, who was not a believer. Really? Yeah. He used to say, I'm an MIT engineer. None of this makes sense to me. What happened to my son who was successful and working towards building a life? And now you're some crazy Jesus freak. I don't understand. I said, neither do I, but you don't have to. <laughs> That's a to. great compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And But the good news is over time, not seeing any immediate results at first, but consistently choosing to walk in that righteousness, that love, that mercy, that kindness, that understanding, that caring. Something shifted, not attacking him, not blaming him, not self-defending, but walking in that character and nature of Christ. Something shifted to where now my father and I get along great. That's we enjoy, good. we're still very different, but we enjoy each other. We look forward to spending time together. Right. So you don't do the, you don't choose the power of righteousness to get a specific result. You choose it knowing it's going to bring a result to the atmosphere, to the situation at the right time. Yeah, that's really good. And you know, one of the other uh, power, uh, um, what's the right word for it, realms that you talked about was the whole thing of unity. Yeah. And I think unity is such a misunderstood understood word just in itself yes because unity is considered conformity right it's considered that everybody has to think alike believe alike right. be alike move alike do everything alike and that's the only way we're unified and i'd love for you to speak into that because i believe that that has really broken the body of christ apart absolutely because if you're a little different from me then you must not be loving jesus enough right. you must not be following jesus enough you must not be doing X enough because you're not doing it like I do it. I think I think the power of unity is one of the most important, least valued, and most overlooked power yeah. realms available to agree. us in Christ. Here's how important it is. It is constantly under attack by the enemy. Yes. The enemy is constantly working to drive us apart from one another. There is division and rancor and discord in every single sphere of influence 
unfortunately, especially including the church. Yes. You spend any time on social media, even if it's just Christian pages, <laughs> there's <true>. constant division, <laughs> discord, rancor, just flaming one another, cursing one another, attacking one another. I don't another. get it. And here's what we know from the Bible. Simple revelation. One sets a thousand to flight, two yeah. ten thousand to flight. When there's yeah. unity, there's an increase of there's kingdom impact. That's when right. we choose to walk together, God commands his blessing according to the Psalms. That oil of unity pours out. Right. And the end result of that is not only it's blessed when the brethren dwell together, not only how wonderful it is, but the end result of that Psalm is God commands his blessing in our midst. And we see the great picture of this in Acts 2, where it says they were of one accord, they were in unity, and the Holy Spirit moves on the day of Pentecost. Now, you said something really important. When you look at what it, the, the Greek words that make up that word accord, it doesn't mean complete theological agreement in all things at all times. Yeah. It means one of the words means same time, same focus, and the other root word means same passion. Wow. So it means being willing to be in the same place at the same time with the same passion, Jesus Christ. So we have to catch that walking together is absolutely possible when we disagree. Yes. The, the Amos, in Amos, the, the, it's often called the church split scripture, Cindy, because it says, how can any two walk together who are not in agreement? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing we got to understand is that's a question, not a statement. Right. It's not the statement. If you disagree, you can't walk together. It says, how can you? The answer is love. The answer is the character and nature of that's Jesus. That's good. Today in that's traffic. That's really good. Today in traffic, I had thoughts go, go through my head that Jesus did not agree with. He did not divide from me. Uh -huh. He loved me enough to say, son... Son, choose patience right now. Yes, Father. But Jesus That's walks good. with me all the time when he doesn't agree with a thought that flashes through my head or an emotion that flashes through my heart. He keeps walking with me. He keeps mentoring me. He keeps discipling me. So one of the things we have to catch when it comes to the power of unity is God loves diversity. Yes. We can look outside and see there's not just one type of tree. There's lots of trees. There's lots of flowers. There's lots of dogs. There's lots of cats. There's lots of us, yeah. lots of faces. God's great with diversity. He had 12 tribes. He had um, uh, 12 disciples. He's great with diversity. He loves diversity. He just doesn't like division. Yeah. So one of the keys is recognizing that and recognizing that what I'm passionate about, I'm supposed to be passionate about. If you're not passionate about it, but you're passionate about Jesus, I can still walk with you and support you right now in what you're passionate about. So in embracing the power of unity, one of the things we need to catch is we're not meant to walk with everybody. But, that is a key. But we're also not meant to be against anybody. Right. So just because we share a different passion right now doesn't mean you're wrong and I'm right or vice versa. It means I can cheer you on in your passion and I can be cheered on in my passion, and we walk together in Christ doing what we're called to do. Let's just stop wasting time attacking each other yeah. on social media and wasting energy. That's the accuser of the brethren. If I'm coming against you because your focus is wrong, I'm not helping God. I'm partnering with the accuser of the brethren, and we need to stop. Yeah, I agree. And you know, one thing, when we started our church, uh, when the people came, I wanted everybody to have the same heart. Sure. And one of the, our mentors told us, he said, not everyone who comes to your church belongs at your church. And I was like, coming from a denomination, I was like, oh, did you say that out loud? Right. He said, you need to be willing to say, this is not the right fit for you. And it probably took me two years probably. 
and a lot of heartache yeah. trying to process through you know why they weren't why they weren't on board why were they creating division why were why was these things happening and it was cuz number 1 I allowed it because I wanted everyone right. to be happy right. don't worry be happy I just wanted everybody to be happy I wanted everybody to get along and you know that you can walk with someone and they not be the supporter of your of your vision that's it it doesn't mean they're not your friend they don't love you it just means that they're not called yeah and if you have all these people in your circle that aren't really called to you, I always say if they have people in your hula hoop that don't help your hula hoop go around, then they need to get out because yeah. it's just clogging the realm. And that's where I believe there's a lot of misunderstanding in I the agree. body. We feel like if if they're here, then they're there to be a part. Well, and it's okay for them to be in the church. Even yeah. Because like... Like right now, there's a huge focus on evangelism, which is great. It's on God's yeah. heart. The harvest of souls is on Absolutely. God's heart. That doesn't mean the people who are passionate about discipling are wrong. Yeah. It means God is getting them fired up to disciple all those souls that are about to come in. So disciplers don't attack the evangelist. Evangelists don't attack the disciplers. Let's all love the pastors because yeah. they're going to help everybody deal with that on. stuff that we're not going to know how to deal with. Yeah. So that's a big part of unity, yeah. especially we've been crying out for the baptism of fire and fresh right. baptism of fire for so long. Something the Lord recently just showed me, Cindy, is one of the challenges in this is we don't really understand all that comes with the baptism of fire. We see Pentecost, and we should, and we should expect that. But one of the things that comes with the baptism of fire is fiery passion. Yeah. So now I'm super passionate about yeah. winning souls, or I'm super passionate about discipling those one souls. Let the people who are passionate about what they're passionate about be passionate about yeah. that. Cheer them on. Launch and then them out. you be passionate about what you're passionate yeah. about. And if the only one you have to walk with right now is the Holy Spirit, how wonderful. Nobody's doing anything wrong. Just walk the path you're supposed to walk with Jesus. Yeah, that is so good. So I want to uh, shift because I believe okay. that this is such an anointing right now. And it's one of the power realms of wealth. Yes. And I believe I have watched the multiplication of finances in uh, someone being offered extra overtime and mm. they ended up paying off debt. Wow. Now you would think that's not supernatural. Well, their cry was, God, help me That's pay it. off debt. That's so it. God's like, they need help. You can make twice as much money. Let's partner with that. So talk about this realm of wealth. It's absolutely supernatural when opportunities like that yeah. happen because God is a supernatural God and he can supernaturally deposit money in your bank account, put money in your wallet or your pocket. We've seen that happen oh, a fair amount, too. actually, quite a bit. But God's promise in his word is that he will give us the power to make wealth. Yeah, I love that. To create wealth. And there's all sorts of amazing tools he gives us from like sowing uh, uh, so that we reap, uh, tithes and offerings, mm -hmm. um, the ability to be generous. I mean, each of those we could do a show on. So yeah. I don't want to go too far down that. But the thing I really want to address, because the people who get this are going, yeah, you're right, brother. But there are those out there who are going to wrestle with this idea. Yeah. Because somewhere along the line, Cindy, a lie got in the church that poverty was holy. I, and that I've is a it. lie from the pit of hell. And why do I believe that? Not so I can be wealthy. It's because flat out, I have served in so many regions of the world that have been ravaged by poverty. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing holy about it. There's no. nothing heaven on earth about it. It destroys lives. It destroys health. It destroys 
But I really asked the Lord, how did this lie get in? And he showed me two areas the enemy has twisted truth to help make this lie land. One, when Jesus sent the disciples out two by two, one of the things he told them was take no finances with you. Now we have to catch that didn't mean he say, I am conscripting you to a gospel of holy destitution. Right. He was saying, you're not going to need earthly finances. You're not going to need to rely on the systems of the world because I am launching you out into a ministry of supernatural provision and you can count on heaven showing up for you in provision every step of the way. And I'm going to give you keys to it along the wow. way. The other way this lie got in is when the apostle Paul was mentoring Timothy and says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, again, I want to make this short because I know we don't have a ton of time, but there's such a misunderstanding there that people don't understand, don't catch that it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money. Right. For example, I talked about serving in Southeast Asia and helping to uh, uh, work against human trafficking. All the horrors that I saw in human trafficking, they can all be boiled down to a love of money, right. where the people loved money and finances more than those precious women and children they were, they were mm. trafficking. Mm. And yet, at the same time, God blessed us with financial resources to not only go and minister revival in the brothel bars and get people saved, the tourists saved, the women saved, the children saved, but he also blessed us with finances to create medical facilities and economic resources wow. for them. That's, that's money being used as a tool for the kingdom. So money's not evil. The love of money is the root of evil. Right. Money's simply a tool. And God wants to bless us with money so that we can provide and build in the earth those things that money buys, like the micro-enterprise businesses that we established for these women. Um, so they had a different way of making a living. So we really got to catch that poverty is not holy. Nope. Our, we're to believe on earth as it is in heaven. And there's no lack or poverty in heaven. So lack and poverty in the earth is not heavenly. And we're actually here to interrupt that. And God's given us tools to do it. In the, 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 the Power to Make Wealth chapter, I go through all the scriptures that reveal how we step into and activate this power to make wealth. Yeah, and so definitely press into that because I have seen so much financial provision by God and it, it should never happen. But because God is a God of resource and money is a tool, it is. it is It is. part of the economic system we live in on the earth. And God has given us the power over money so that when we receive money, we know how to use it in the kingdom to actually make it expand That's it. and to build like we're about to build a school at our church and, and you know, to build and to uh, educate and to uh, heal and all of those different resources that we are able to do with money. Part of wealth is part of the things that wealth brings is influence. We can complain yeah. about that all day long, yeah. or we can redeem that and bring it into influence for the kingdom right. and making wealth. And God's given us the tools to do it. Making wealth helps us walk in influence for the kingdom. Yeah. And it absolutely opens doors. Yes. Because if you don't have two pennies to rub, rub together, you're probably not going to get a seat at a CEO's table. That's right. But if you get to see the CEO's table, then the influence that God has given you to transform. I always say when you transform a leader, you transform everyone in his sphere of That's influence. Right. That's right. When Philip brought transformation to the Ethiopian, I mean, to the Ethiopian eunuch, he transformed Ethiopia by receiving the gospel, being baptized and moving forward. It, it's such a powerful thing. Amen. So we only have a few minutes left. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk to the yes. audience, impart to them, encourage them. I always tell people, you know, we write books because God has given us a revelation. 
and we just can't hold it in. We have to get it on a piece of paper. So I want to encourage you to take the revelation that's in this book, The Realms of Power, and begin to apply it to your life. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee people, if they will take what is in here and they will apply it, yes. their life will change dramatically, right? Absolutely. I've seen, I'm I've living seen proof it in my life. Me I'm too. living proof that anyone can do it. Anyone. Because you know me, most of your viewers don't. There's nothing special about me other than the Jesus who lives inside of me right. and these realms of power that he's given me and the simple steps he's shown me how to step into them and you can step into them too. So right now, what I ask first, Father, is that you would help them understand that you're as present with them right now as you were with me in the Jeep that day when you visited me and you downloaded wow. this book to me and the revelation of these realms of power. Some of you are gonna feel that gathering around you, that cloud of his presence around you. Some of you won't, but he's there because he promises never to leave you or forsake you. And right now in the name of Jesus, as you're surrounded by the love and encouragement and reality of your heavenly father, I speak to your soul to come into a revelation that your born again yes. spirit is carrying, that you have been blessed with these realms of power. I break the lie off of you right now that you're powerless. I break off discouragement. I break off frustration. I break off anger right now. All those traps of the enemy, all those fowler snares, I break them in Jesus's name. And I speak a great grace to you right now to become aware, scripture by scripture, revelation by revelation, of all of the realms of power yes. Christ has blessed you with so you can begin moving in them, you can begin releasing them, and you start to see that power working through you as a difference maker and solution bringer for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, that is so good, Robert. Thank you so much for being here with me. And I just want to tell you guys, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that what it, we get breakthrough in, we can pass on to our children and our children's children. So know that this will bring breakthrough for your whole entire family. I just so appreciate you watching today. And remember, you are the best investment you can make. So invest in yourself because God invests in you every single day. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.